0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Roddenverse read along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host, Fran, and author of Home to the Wild, the first novel in the Into the Wild series. If you like found families and wolves, be sure to order Home to the Wild, linked in the episode show notes down below. Uh, yes, I'm going to be introducing myself most likely like that all the time now, so yes, please do get used to it. <laughs> um, welcome to the show. <laughs> Today we are continuing, or in a sense, technically, finalise... Well, no, we're not finishing. We're coming to an end of one part of the timeline today, which is the finale for the Son of Neptune, in which the section is entitled Promotion, Revelations and Reunions, which is from pages 491 to 511. I talk about this all the time, but these books are so so long. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, as always, I have my points to focus on, so today we've got finales, characters, and generally what I thought of it. So, uh, let's dive in. Now these last couple of chapters are just from Percy's point of view, so here is the overview for Percy's chapters. The Feast of Fortuna begins with the Amazons and Romans joining together in celebration. The party goes long on into the night, and they even have the next day off to do as they wish. It is here that Percy speaks with Hazel and Frank about he's sure they are meant to join him as part of the Seven. They receive a message from Leo, warning that they are on their way and not to shoot them out of the sky. In an emergency Senate meeting, Percy reveals his history and that the prophecy of the Seven has begun. The Romans are suspicious, but the airship has arrived, so they must quell their concerns for now. It is time that Percy introduce Hazel and Frank to their new arrivals." And that's basically just how it ends. Like, it's... <laughs> oh, God. I can't imagine what it must have been like for the people who are reading these as they were coming out, like, having to wait a year to find out what happens, because it just ends with them just seeing the airship and just walking towards it. <laughs> like that's how it ends. God, I can't imagine the stress of being like, "Oh my God, I've got to wait a year. What do I do now?" Because um, I did not have to do that. <laughs> but uh, let's go straight into the feedback. So, realised um, last week the answer that I had the question of of like what happened to, as I've now learned, um, <laughs> her name is Gwen, the girl who was shish kebabed at the start near the start of the book. Um, she yeah she's she's alive uh as well as a bunch of the other kids who died and came back to life. There's no real proper explanation. It's sort of like hand wavy in that it basically says that that they just didn't die again. They they thought they would, but they didn't. So they're wondering if maybe Thalatos gave them a pass, like he did Hazel. But like, there's no actual technically proper explanation for that because like. I mean, unlike Hazel, like hers was a very different situation in that she was brought out of the underworld. Like, she was walked out by Nico, it's not like she herself made her way out, whereas these campers made their way out themselves, seemingly. So it's kind of a little bit of a difference, but at least they're alive I guess. But it is just like there's not a real explanation. So I'm still kind of slightly annoyed, but yay, people aren't dead. <laughs> um and an additional thing. Uh, they mentioned having like loads of cornucopias in uh where they're having their dinner and their feast and stuff. Um and so they're getting like all these treats from these cornucopias. And now uh I'm realising that Piper getting a cornucopia, um I think not in the next I don't remember when it happens. When she gets it and it's like this huge thing, it's kind of not that big of a deal anymore seeing as like, you know, New Rome has a lot of these so they're not really that rare. <laughs> so it kind of lessens the importance So like, why couldn't you have just had a sword? Like, Give her a cool sword and a weapon. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. That's just for a future reference thing because they talked about these cornucopias and I was like, wait, didn't Biper have one of those? And I was like, yeah, no, she did. And it was made out to be like this huge deal. (laughs) Ah, dear. Uh, Also, additional issues, they talk about Frank's ancestor, Shen. um, So he's basically been, like his name uh, has been, oh, what's the right term? So basically he's been posthumously forgiven for the earthquake. Whilst also they stated, oh, he didn't actually cause the earthquake. So, like, if he didn't cause the earthquake, what did? And if they knew that he didn't cause the earthquake, then why was he never reinstated to the honor roll before now? Because that was a hundred years ago, and it's been a hundred years since. Like, it just feels very racist. And, like, obviously, we do know the reason why he was kicked out was because he was Asian. And they were just looking for... He was Asian and a descendant of Poseidon, or Neptune. Um, so they were already suspicious, so they were just looking for a reason. But I don't know, it's, like... I feel like there needs to be, like, a reparations of some kind. Because, like, Frank's family name has been, like, smeared through the dirt. And, she, like, Frank had to, like, immediately go and basically apologise to Raina as the new Praetor, for what his family did. And that's so messed up if we then find out that they knew that he didn't do it. Unless they're just saying, oh no, he probably didn't. I don't know, it's just, there's a lot of hand-waving. <laughs> um, uh, There's just a few of the things that I'm somewhat frustrated by. Because um, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of brushing over of details. But the one thing that I'm more frustrated about, which I will go into detail later, is so Percy has been made Praetor hate that by the way um, but he's been moved into the Praetor cabin which is what was Jason's cabin basically and Percy says oh, he doesn't feel that comfortable there because it's all Jason's stuff it just feels very Jason and the whole time I was like tell us what it looks like we know nothing about Jason I would like to know what his place looks like so we can get a sense of his personality because currently he has none he has no personality But we don't even get a description of what the cabin looks like. So, we have no idea what Jason is like. We have no idea how, like, was it really clean? Was it organised? Was it actually very disorganised? Did he have posters? Like, just a few little things there. That's all I would like. And then the additional part of... Where was Percy for these eight months? So percy has been so he's only reappeared in the last week and a half or something or last two weeks maybe he's been on the run well he was on a run for like a week and then obviously ended up at camp jupiter but he was nowhere to be found for those eight months prior so where was he like where did hera have him hidden because That's never explained, like it's just kind of been like, Oh, yeah, no, I kept you away for eight months. Which, firstly, why? Secondly, <laughs> where? And thirdly, why? How? And, and it's just, it's all just really weird. Um, but there's a lot of things like that where there's just never explanation because there's also then the line from Juno saying that apparently Annabeth is meant to be this huge troublemaker for what's to come and she's going to be. Causing a lot of problems. Which doesn't make any sense. Because that doesn't happen. Like, Annabeth doesn't actually cause any problems for Percy. Like, she doesn't blind his judgement or anything like that. The only thing I can think of is, like, the Tartarus situation. But that's not exactly her fault. And also, they needed to be there. As it turned out. They needed to go there. I hate it, but they needed to go there. I don't know, it's just... There's just a lot of things, and like this series does this a lot, where they put a lot of stuff that are meant to be like threads of information for stuff that happens later on, that just don't follow through. Like I mentioned to do with like Death saying to Frank and Hazel, I'll be back for you guys one day, which doesn't happen. And yeah, there's just a lot of confusing stuff. Like I don't mind some things, it's just some of the stuff was just really interesting and I wanted to learn about it. (laughs) Um, and like figure out what it meant um, I know I'm I know I'm being consistently critical all the time which I think is probably why a lot of people don't like me but I don't know that it's Heroes of Olympus specifically because there was there was so much potential for so many elements but instead of being character driven with plot elements you know being involved like it was for Percy Jackson and even King Chronicles like it was. A, those were very character driven stories this is very plot driven and like I'm, I don't hate stories like that but the characters need to be just as important as the plot and currently they aren't like, the characters have no character in most cases unless they're pre established like Percy we don't really learn much about them Um, so, like, the whole next leg of the journey and the seven coming together, I'm excited for it. But considering what we've engaged with so far with the current characters we've been introduced to, I'm not as excited as I feel that I should be. Because I don't know enough about Leo, Piper, and Jason. And I also don't know enough about Hazel and Frank to an extent where I'm going to be intrigued to see about the potential. The only thing is, I... It's the Hazel and Leo thing that's about to come in. Uh, just, I hate him. Um, but I'll talk about that when I get to the finale stuff. So I'm going to go into the characters thing, because, uh, firstly I want to talk about Frank, because Frank deserved the world and he did not get it. (laughs) Um, but I do also want to talk about Mars in particular. So Mars has gifted Frank a present, which is the... Book The Art of War by Sun Tzu, um, with the message of a real man's best weapon is his mind. And I I love this so much. Like, war and like fighting and stuff like that is not the most important thing. It is your mind is the most important weapon. And we've seen that bits and pieces with Frank of like he's a really good strategist. The only problem is Rick forgot this existed. Like this one line is basically thrown away the moment it could be just to basically have Frank just be like a fighter. Like the whole thing is not, he's not meant to be a fighter really because also he doesn't like it. He's just, he's a very skilled strategist who does do pretty well with fighting. But like that's not his main thing. And the fact that Rick kind of focuses on, on that from then on It's a problem and it is annoying. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm still mad that Frank didn't become Praetor. I know, like, eventually he does, but he should have become Praetor right here. It was his quest. He defeated the undefeatable giant. He guided them there. He helped, you know, guide the battles at camp and nearly sacrificed his own life to free death. The fact that Percy is given the role just like Percy is literally just given the role of Praetor because he's Percy. And okay, technically they did see him defeat Polyphemus. Um is it Polyphemus? Polyboats. I can't remember his name, I don't fucking care. <laughs> but it's because he's Percy and because they saw him fight a giant that he's given the role of Praetor. Which makes no sense to me because it wasn't Percy's quest, and he is not the one who's been doing a lot of the heroic stuff. Like, I, the fact that he didn't even think to consider Frank, who is currently a centurion, who was leading this quest, and is the son of a war god, one of the most respected gods in Roman mythology. And no, it's just, it annoys me because once again, Percy is stealing the spotlight from someone else. Like it's a reoccurring theme with Percy's character of, and I like to say, it sounds mean, no, I'm going to say, Percy is an attention seeker. He can't seem to let go of the fact that sometimes some things are not meant for him. He inserts, I know and obviously he's the main character in a lot of these situations, but he inserts himself to where he does not belong. He doesn't like the fact that he doesn't get the quest in Sea of Monsters, so he goes on the quest anyway and causes a lot of problems. He doesn't like the fact that he doesn't get to go on the quest in Titan's Curse, so he follows them, knowing that the hunters are uncomfortable being around boys. Does it anyway. He inserts himself into Annabeth's quest, even though she invited him along. He then does take control of a lot of the situations And takes her quest away and gives it to another girl who has been belittling (laughs) Annabeth prior to this and just doesn't seem to see anything wrong with what he's doing. And then, with the battle for Manhattan, he takes over control of strategy when you've got a literal daughter of strategy, basically. Like, it's just, it's such a recurring thing for him then it's just, it's just annoying to me because Frank deserved this Praetor role. Because firstly, he's Roman. <laughs> Secondly, it was his quest. And thirdly, he did do quite a lot of the work until Percy started to be, like butt in and try and take over. Like, Rick doesn't seem to understand how to not make Percy a main... I know obviously he's a main character in this, but like... He doesn't give the same level of attention to his other characters. Percy and Leo end up being, and they're basically, they're identical characters. Percy and Leo are given the most attention in this series. And they're the same character, just one of them is more misogynistic. But characters that could have had so much growth and so much potential are basically squashed down by these other characters that Rick is giving more importance to. And Frank just happens to be one of them. Because there was potential for him to be getting this leadership role. Because even Percy says earlier in the book that he's being a great leader and he's doing a great job. And then, like, he could have at least said <laughs> when they were, like, putting him up for Praetor, no, no, it should be Frank. Frank led us to this. Frank did this. Like, boost up your fellow dude. Like, come on. And it's. Just <laughs> This is why I could never say that Percy's my favourite character. Because I do have a lot of issues with how he is written and how he is presented by Rick. Because the guy just does not how know how to let other people take control. And like, I know I'm, I'm a control freak myself, but like... You've got to let other people take the reins. Stop doing it. I just... Stop. But to go into an opposing praetor, um, <laughs> with Jason. So like I mentioned a little bit before about uh, uh <laughs> about Jason's room and how I'd wish I'd seen more about it and kind of learn a bit more just by kind of getting a description of his room. But the fact that Percy has mentioned to the Romans that, hey, you know the praetor that you guys all loved and respected who you thought was possibly dead? Uh, he's alive and he's on his way uh and nothing comes of it like they discuss it for maybe half a page and then it's never brought up again that like you'd have thought that these Romans, especially the fifth cohort who jason was you know a leader for and was connected to would have been thrilled or at least anticipating being like oh my god jason's back jason's on his way oh my god jason but it's brushed over so quickly and there is not much of a reaction to hearing that he was coming to camp um, alongside things like we don't get the description of his room we don't even see like the reaction of from reyna to Jason coming back especially considering there was you know the possibility of something building between them like we just, we just don't get anything about Jason and like I'll talk about this a little bit more in the next book but we have learnt nothing about this boy And we could have had so many great moments about this, about his room, like I was saying, like, is his room tidy or messy? What was Raina's expression to hearing that he was alive? How does Percy feel about this guy? Like, how how is he dealing with this idea that this guy was the person he was exchanged with to know that he's on his way here? How does the camp feel about this? Like, how are people reacting to this? Like, has he been hearing stories about Jason about it whilst they found out he was on his way back? Like, just give us some information. Because the books haven't, like, we've not gotten any of that so far. Like, like I was just saying, which I didn't actually finish, I interrupted myself. All we've learned about Jason so far is that he's blonde, he's a Roman demigod, He joined the fifth cohort because everyone told him not to, which means he's a bit of, like, a rule-breaker. He doesn't like really listening to authority. And um, he has a sister in Talia. That's it. That's all we know. Oh, and, like, he had a possible something starting with Reyna. But that's basically out the window now, anyway. Not that he's ever thought about that again since, which kind of sucks. But, like... That was all we know about Jason. And we had a nearly 600 page book from his, like with him there previously. And we've also then just been in the camp that he is from for 500 pages. Okay, not 500 pages because they did leave after a period of time. For 100 pages max. And have learnt nothing else from Jason except for the few things like he was a bit of a rule breaker... Um, because he joined the the fifth cohort when everyone told him not to, and he became a Praetor after, like, showing that he was worthy to be so. Like, that's all we know. And it's just, it's, it's frustrating, because we don't learn anything new about him. Except, I think later on we learn about the mum stuff, but we knew that already from Talia. Or, the basics of it. I don't know, it's just... It's just a lot of missed potential which kind of sucks um but to kind of go into the finale elements uh so we have a lot of setup um for this section which of course like you're meant to this is like the end book of this one which is going to lead into a follow-up so you've got to set things up as well as wrapping stuff up um though <laughs> so some of the things that they're setting up don't come true or at least not from what i remember so we have got annabeth is meant to be causing trouble in their upcoming journey Um, which, as far as I'm aware, doesn't actually happen. Leo looks like Sammy, Hazel's first love. I do hate this, and it does happen, because what was the point? What was the point, Rick? Oh, a love triangle. Again, of course. We've technically already got a love triangle set up with Jason, Piper, Rainer. Even though, like, Jason's going to completely forget Rainer existed. Anyway... (laughs) I just, there was no reason for this love triangle. Okay, headache just thinking about it. Um, also, how, I, this is the whole thing. So Frank doesn't know what Sammy looks like for some reason. I don't get how Frank doesn't know, but Percy does because he saw a picture of Sammy. I'm like, how did Percy see a picture and Frank didn't? Because that makes I although I can't remember what happened. Maybe Hazel hid it away. I don't remember. But, I don't know, it's just, I hate it. (laughs) But the good thing is the seven prophecy is in motion and they're about to head to Greece. So we've got a bit of information before about this. So we already know that they've got to go to Greece to the original place of the gods to destroy the giants there. Um, And I can't remember how Percy knows to do that. I think they heard something. Um, but this was also noted before, um, about how, oh, wait, hold on, (laughs) wait, I've jumped ahead of myself and I've gotten lost as to what I was about to say. Um, I am, yeah, actually, no, hold on, I do have to say, I'm slightly confused as to how Percy knows that the Seven has come together, because he doesn't currently know that Annabeth is on her way. Because I don't think, uh leo mentioned anything in his video message thing and the only person we saw was piper in the message and then we know that jason is coming so that's only three people and we've got the three people here so we don't technically know that there is the seventh person in annabeth at this stage we know it's probably going to be because she's been being talked about a few times but so that's a minor plot error but oh well um but yeah the the prophecy of the seven is starting they've got to go to greece they've got to deal with the doors of death they've got to figure out where everything is which by the way i am confused as to how they so they find out in the next book or maybe it's in this one i can't remember now my i've I've already read the first part of mark of athena at this stage so i'm getting mixed up with what things are but i don't remember how they find out that they've got to go to rome but oh well anyway it doesn't matter (laughs) the yeah so we've got this setup. it's kind of interesting but i'm i'm unfortunately at the stage of like i'm exhausted with heroes of olympus because they're just they are so long that it just it does drain your energy a little bit with them like i had quite a few highs in son of neptune with certain elements but it does then start to drag and you do start to it, your my interest starts to fluctuate a little bit. I don't know if it's like my dyslexic autistic brain or something like that, but the length of these books and the length of these stories is definitely leading to my brain just not being a fan. Um, and it could be old age as well, because like I read these books for the first time when I was like 19, 20. So, and now I'm <laughs> 27 this year, so <laughs> it's been a long time. So I don't know, it's just, it is it's an experience, and you can tell I'm exhausted, my god, um, but that's also the depression, so, (laughs) anyway, um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how Mark of Athena is gonna go, like, I do have problems with Mark of Athena, surprise, surprise, but I do think it's one of the stronger stories in some elements, but we'll dive into that, because we are, uh, At the end of Son of Neptune, we have finished Son of Neptune, book two of the Heroes of Olympus series. Huzzah! And here is this week's question of the episode for you all. How do you feel about the finale of Son of Neptune? Let me know on social media where this question will be going up and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. As always, thank you all for joining me for the finale of Son of Neptune. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as I dive in to the first part of Mark of Athena. And uh, remember, if you like found family and wolves, be sure to buy Home to the Wild out now on all platforms. Thank you, everyone. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically where we listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find The Best Down Camp on various social media at Best Down Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email the Down Camp at hotmail.com. Or, if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal verse content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own Hunter, and I'll see you me to you all next time. Bye.